Welcome, welcome, welcome to I Thought I Told You. We're back again with another segment for our Mental Health Mondays. This time we're going to get into triggers and acknowledging your toxicity, a.k.a. self-awareness. And this is your host, CJ. We'll be back at it again. First off, I just got to say, it's something about these triggers that within the slightest moment, you ready to just set it off. Now, I ain't talking about Cleo, Frankie, like from the movie Set It Off, Set It Off. Like, you you know, y'all getting ready to rob a bank. No, we ain't talking about that. Now, if that's something that you want to do, you do that on your own. But I ain't talking about that kind of set it off. What I meant by, in whatever way that set it off means to you. Now, for example, when we're triggered, some of us may explode in anger. Some of us may go into recluse mode. Start to isolate from the world. The anxiety kicks in. We begin to panic. Some of us go back into that mode of negative self-talk. So it's basically whatever sets you off. Once those triggers are pulled. And at some point in our lives, we've all been set off or triggered by certain events or circumstances that made us feel uncomfortable. Or just rub the wrong way. But we naturally react because, hey, that's what we do. We human. We're going to react to the things that trigger us. And sometimes it's hard to think about it right then and there. Sometimes we don't even know what triggers us. And when you're in that moment, you, you, don't under, you don't recognize those patterns. But just like patterns, it continues to repeat until one minute. You finally become aware of this thing that's causing you to act like this or to set you off. I know for me, I had a couple of triggers that I definitely recognize. One of them, obviously dealing with relationships, love, dating, which I'm sure most of us can. That can be a common trigger for most of us. But anyway, back to spilling my own tea. At this time, there's a woman that, you know, kind of third time's a charm, or at least I thought so, with her. And the first two times we tried getting together and dating wasn't successful. But third time, at this time, you know, the third time I still didn't recognize. But hey, we getting there. So needless to say, we trying it again for round number three. And trying to get a go at it and see where it goes. Things didn't end well. I had some underlying emotions and hurt and pain that I couldn't let out. Yada, yada, yada. Basically, unsuccessful dating was, was, my, was the catalyst. One in particular that for me, and with, with her, that one did not end too well. Which then... With that one, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was, things that not end well with her, that was kind of my final, like, okay, hey, hold up. You know, this is this is what's going on. And with that one, when things, you know, things ended with her and I, I began to spiral into my own little world. Self-deprecating, this unreleased pain, anger, emotions pent up. I entertained every single negative belief about myself that tampered with my own self-worth. Everybody has played the fool. Everybody played the fool for somebody. 
I don't know not one soul on this earth that hasn't, but we all played the fool. Hell, for this one, I damn near, I felt like I played the court jester. But it is what it is. But like I said, I I entertain all those negative self-thoughts, my self-worth. It began to tamper with that. And I just, you know, at the time, unsuccessful dating was one of my triggers. And because I spiraled into a world of negative self-talk and believing those, you know, things about myself that I was unworthy and it was just a lot going on, you know, spiraling to my own world. This little cycle of negative, negative patterns, negative thoughts and negative beliefs. Now, it wasn't until I began to recognize my own patterns and behaviors and after that, that's kind of where I switched things up and say, hey, hold on. This isn't true about me. Another one, which, you know, another trigger for me, which I kind of also, I also say that this one is also was like my void, was just having so much on my plate, having all these projects, you know, working myself just to avoid whatever it is that I was avoid trying to feel. And having these unrealistic expectations, you know, once I get overwhelmed with everything on my plate, I shut down. I don't do anything. I just shut down. I become stagnant, incapacitated. I couldn't do a damn thing. And I would just isolate altogether. Like, I'm not doing nothing. It's just, everything just felt so overwhelming. And it's like I didn't know how to function after that. Did not know how to function. I would also say, well, I wouldn't, it's a trigger for me, because I want to bring this one up, but I would say this is definitely a common trigger for most, you know, when you're dealing with death and loss. Uh, I would say, for me, around this time, you know, I dealt with the loss of two uncles to cancer, one year, and within that one year, I I numb myself out from feeling anything. I would I was in grad school at that time and I would just use work and internship, school work to kinda overlook trying to feel those emotions, trying to feel that grief. The following year, around graduation, right after graduation, I had a cousin of mine that was killed. Again, I just I felt this numbness, like I just I avoid feeling all together. And then a couple months after that, I had a cousin that was in the hospital due to some heart problems. And it's kind of like, the way my mind said, I was like, man, well, you know, I'm numb to it all. Now, needless to say, I'm thankful and blessed to have her. She's still alive and breathing to this day. But at that time, I, I was not allowing myself to grieve. I was not allowing myself to feel and go through that. A couple years later now, you know, allowing myself to feel those emotions and have that grief and go through that process of grieving for my, my uncles and my cousin. But I guess you could say that, that, you know, that was a trigger, but I know for, for a lot of people, death and loss is a trigger for them. You know, especially when it comes up the anniversary date when we lost a loved one, cousin, uncle. I mean, it happens in my family a lot. But some of the other common triggers... That I notice a lot. 
amongst us, you know, trauma is obviously one of them. Trauma, trauma, trauma. That's at the top of the list. All the horrible, negative, straight up, evil stuff you hear about in the news, the current events, what's going on in the world. You know, every time I turn around and another a black man, a black child, a black woman got shot, innocent. Not one single police is being held accountable to the point where it's like, man, you, you become numb to it all. You know, I, I would, especially the incident in Charleston with the church. You feel overwhelmed, which kind of what I mentioned before, that was one of my triggers. You know, you feel so overwhelmed, you got so much going on. Breakups, relationships, unsuccessful dating, ending relationship. That is definitely a trigger, especially when you have those patterns, which can lead to low sense of self-worth, low sense of self-esteem. Spending way too much time alone by yourself. We all love our alone time, but there's a point in time where no man or no human is not meant to really be alone. We are social creatures by habit. But when you spend and you find yourself spending a lot of time alone, Another trigger, I would probably say, you feel like you're being judged, you're constantly criticized, teased, bullied. That is definitely a key one. Financial woes, in which we all go through it. Sickness, illnesses. You know, you're dealing with these crowded spaces, you don't build around too many people. You got sounds and noises that just make you feel just, ugh, just uncomfortable. It can be an annoying sound. It can be just aggressive sound. You're just being around people that just basically treated you like crap. I know for a lot of DV survivors, you know, being around those abuse their abuser, that 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 can be a trigger. You know, being around those people that treated us like crap is definitely a trigger. So I want to mention, you know, for me, when it came to being triggered, some of the things that I was somewhat able to recognize and some took me a good minute to dig deep and realize what it was, how I handled it was to, I tackled, I tried, you know, one at a time and, you know, try to fix everything at once you become overwhelmed. But for me, it was just kind of one at a time. And I would just, you know, ask myself, like, why, why am I feeling this? At the moment, why am I feeling this? Like, what, what's causing me to be so triggered? Now, I'm not saying that, boom, voila, all the, all my answers and problems were solved right then and there. But it was a start, and it caused me to dig deep. You know, with that, it caused me to dig deep and find my root, which we talked about the last couple episodes, finding a root. And no lie, like some of the things I found that helped for me was journaling. Journaling was like my way out. That was my outlet. That was my main outlet. Especially after that breakup. You know, writing down all those bottled up, unexpressed emotions I had and allowed myself just to feel. Another one was going to the gym, working out. Even better when you have somebody to work out with you. Talking on the phone with a trusted friend. That just listen to you. That just listens. Bit by bit, it began to work for me. So, that became my outlet. Those became my outlets. Whenever I felt myself being triggered, those were my outlets. 
even just taking some moments to just meditate or just five minutes to myself, just to, just taking some time, just sitting in silence. You never know that does a world of wonders, and it does for me, especially whenever I felt myself becoming triggered. I want to get into self-awareness and acknowledging your own toxicity. Now, self-awareness, we, when we say self-awareness, so self-awareness is to acknowledge our own toxic behaviors towards ourselves and others. Now, who knew that introspection could be the hardest, the hardest part in this journey? Oh, which it is. It is. It very much is. They say accountability only feels like an attack when you ain't ready to acknowledge how your behaviors can cause harm to you and others. Man, when I saw this quote, when I saw this quote, it damn near slapped me in the face. Because it definitely hit home. Definitely hit home. And within that quote rang those truths where we do get defensive Naturally, especially when someone tells us about ourselves and we really ain't trying to hear. Or tells you about your own toxic behavior. You're not really ready to hear. Not yet. You're not ready to face that music. And at some point, you got to turn the mirror inward. And being honest with ourselves and being accountable without for our own actions is the best way to go. When we're trying to, you know, heal and get to those roots. Like we talked about last couple episodes. And one way is being open to others' feedback. Feedback from your family and your friends. Being able to be open for their input. If you have a, you know, a lot of times when we're still in defensive mode, we have a habit of um, lashing out. We shut down whenever we hear a friend or family member, someone that, you know, is telling you that, hey, you just do, do this, this, that, and the third. This is how I feel. This is what happens. Naturally, we can get defensive. And, you know, with that, it makes it a lot more difficult. It makes it a more difficult path towards being self-aware. But... Those are some of the things we naturally do. We become defensive. For me, I took damn near everything personal at first. Taking things personal is definitely another another toxic behavior that we have. I used to damn near, t- like I was not trying to hear it. You know, friends would tell me, well, CJ, you're too... You're not open. You're too closed off. You know, people try to get to know you, but you seem too guarded and closed off, which is true. But, I mean, I wasn't trying to hear that at the time. Like, you you weren't finna tell me that. And the truth is, like, in actuality, it was me who kept getting those same results. I called myself trying to alleviate. You know, I kept wondering why I was in this cycle of pattern of relationships, friendships that didn't quite work, work out. I was all surface. I wouldn't let nobody in. But I also wasn't trying to hear nobody when they tried to tell me otherwise. Till I was ready to deal with that. And boy, did I do. I, I dealt. I dealt. And another one, you know, I kept chiding the same type of emotionally unavailable woman. That just, it just did me no good. Just did me no good. 
until I flipped that mirror on me and recognized who was the real emotional unavailable person. Ta-da. <laughs> Even though, you know, with taking accountability for your actions and knowing where your toxic behavior is the cause, for much harm to you and, you know, everybody else, it is the first step to becoming self-aware. And I know, like, another toxic behavior is when you have the inability to manage your emotions, where you just lash out in anger for no reason. This one's a huge one, just snapping. Snapping at the waiter for no reason. Snapping at bank teller. It don't even matter. You just you snap. And you just become overly, overly reactive to every little thing. And, you know, that caused problems to those that are around you, even you. You snapping at every little thing. And you may not, to you, you may not be aware, but, you know, to your, to the people you're with, you're hanging around with, they like, hold on now. She, he doing too much. We'll have to stay away from this one. Till you recognize that pattern, you, that behavior, and become self-aware, you're going to continue to kind of be in that mode. Till you find out what's causing you snapping and getting to that root. Another one which was huge, is definitely self-pity, self-deprecating. You have this continuous victim mindset treatment. Now, I know some of y'all, some of y'all ain't ready to hear this because, in, I mean, yes, in many cases, we are victims to life's unfortunate circumstances. That is true. And quite frankly, it takes a lot of power, resiliency, and straight-up courage. Straight-up courage. To turn all that stuff around, you know, turn your circumstances around and shine like how you're supposed to, how you're supposed to shine. You put here to shine, you know, within your own power, how you're supposed to. But it's possible. It's not impossible. People are walking proof of that. Walking proof. And a lot of times when we harbor this self-pitying victim, we... We tend to fall into the constant cycle and refuse to see ourselves as this beautiful power, human being, courageous human being that's shining how he's supposed to. But then we get into this hapless victim, hapless victim mindset. We realize you're more powerful than you realize. You may not know it yet, but it's there. And with mental health, with mental health and trauma, we feel like this is all that, that's what defines us. You know, especially when it comes to trauma, like, this is all I'm going to be. This is, you know, my mental health, I'm dealing with depression, dealing with bipolar. I can't get out of this. This is, this is it. And that's that cycle of pattern of thoughts, that mindset that kind of keeps us in that state. Until you acknowledge and recognize those patterns. So one of the benefits I want to talk about, you know, when we deal with self-awareness. Uh, well, one, but there's several benefits. When we Once we become aware of our mental state, then you're able to kind of figure out which, you know, which one of the healthy coping skills you want to use. We should become aware Okay, am I disassociating? 
Am I going through a manic episode right now? Am I dealing with depression? And once you figure that out, you're able to, okay, use one of your healthy coping mechanisms. What I told you earlier, some of the things that work for me, journaling, working out, you know, those are just some of mine's. But once you come aware of that mental state, you're able to kind of decipher and pick which one that, you know, that can kind of help thwart that. Another benefit is you're able to pick up on your patterns, those negative patterns, thoughts, and behaviors real quickly. Once you become self-aware, that's like that comes second nature. You're able to pick up on that. So when you're battling with depression, you're able to notice when, when, where, why your mood changes. And knowing that helps you cope a lot easier. Like, for instance, for me, I know one of the lowest time, my lowest, my, when my mood is the lowest, especially when dealing with depression, is during the winter time. Which, you know, we dressed back, you know, a couple episodes back in seasonal depression. So with that, I would either reach out to family and friends or just go somewhere warm. Which is, you know, for me back home in Florida. Just going somewhere warm. So knowing that before, and if, you know, I know that, all right, come winter, this just this ain't it. And I know how low it can get, how isolating it can get for me. I got to either pack up, go home, get away, or just call up some friends or whoever's here. Just to kind of, just to kind of thwart that. And when you battle with the bipolar, like I said, going back to, Knowing when you're having a manic episode, you know, knowing when that mood changes and just kind of being aware. Another benefit of, you know, self-awareness is knowing what's working for you and what's not, which is somewhat kind of addressed. You know, you know what's working for you, like I said, for me, writing, journaling, going to the gym, talking on the phone with friends was working for me. But also, I, you know, within work, because, you know, again, work, our jobs is somewhat of an outlet for us. But then that's a double-edged sword because for me, that was not working for me. That actually ended up being a trigger. It triggered triggered my mental, my mental, my mental illness a lot more than I thought. And it got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it. And, you know... But I noticed, you know, how anxious I was at work. The anxiety would kick in. And I wasn't sure if, you know, being in a profession of social work triggered me in ways that I didn't think it would. But it did. And even with self-awareness, so another one of, you know, one of the last benefits I want to talk about. So with self-awareness, I was able to see how far I come. You know, within grown, you know, growth. You know, before when we were dealing with mental health, depression, and bipolar, you know, when we're in these moods, when we're in those moments, we don't see how far we come. It's like, you know, everything just keeps getting worse. But you realize the growth that you've made over the months, days, years, that at the time you didn't realize it, but you know, bit by bit, you know, for me, therapy has definitely been a huge help for me. I was able to see. I wasn't me a year ago, two years ago, six months ago, hell, two months ago. And you're able to see that growth. 
And a lot of times when we, you know, when we avoid dealing with our inner awareness, dealing with our triggers, those patterns continue to kind of continue, <clears throat> continue to go on. You know, like lessons, you keep learning them until you figure out, until you master them. And it's essentially the same thing. Therapy's definitely been my helping point, so I'm going to always advocate for therapy. Therapy therapy is, quite frankly, put it, the shit. <laughs> all in all, like I said, you know, we all have our triggers, the things that set us off. And it's important to recognize our triggers and understanding that the thing that just rubs us the wrong way. And we all have our own healthy coping mechanisms to help us alleviate a lot of times with those downward spirals. And just being aware of your own toxic behavior, just acknowledging that, hey, I am the toxic person. This is my toxicity. What do I need to do to change it? Sometimes you just got to acknowledge it. And then just know that even with self-awareness, self-awareness, there are some benefits when it comes to our mental health. And with that being said, I want to wish y'all nothing but love and light. Peace.